0: Thanks for listening to Schlaer Evans On Demand, presented by Bath Fitter. Hey guys, if you drop the ball when it comes to your bath or shower remodel, Bath Fitter doesn't just fit your bath, they fit your budget and schedule. Bath Fitter will install a tub or shower in just one day. Bath Fitter's price guarantee is a slam dunk. Bath Fitter, it just fits.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. Time now for the DenverSports.com front page.
0: Stop what you're doing and listen. Taking a look at the top stories in Denver sports taken from your online home for the best opinions and information on the Broncos, Nuggets, Avalanche, Rockies, and more.
1: What in the name of Dan Issel? With today's DenverSports.com
0: front page, here's Schlereth and Evans. Who's team? All right, I waited until now to bring this up. Because I know it's going to create some hurt feelings. Okay. I wrote a column today for DenverSports.com. Did you now? I I did. And the article is, which team has a better chance of going to the finals? The Avs or Nuggets? And I prefaced my column by saying, you would think that whatever team I chose that the team I didn't choose the fans would be okay with it because we're Denver fans right Mm -hmm. but one thing we've learned there is a very loyal passionate some may say defensive core of Avalanche fans Mm. and Nugget fans and even if you're making the case for another Colorado team the fact that you're not picking that team will get people mad so I wrote that article knowing that I'm going to tick off a certain loyal I guess who, fan base that's uh, very, very protective of their team. Can I? Who do you think I picked yeah, I was to go guess. to the finals? Best chance to go to the finals. Not win at all, finals. Abs. Yes. Dude, because there's less vitriol coming from Nuggets fans. There'll be more there'd be more vitriol oh, coming from well, hockey. Guys. Oh, you think that's why I picked the abs? No 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 no, oh, okay, I don't know I think you picked the abs because you believe it. But yes. I'm saying there would be more vitriol if you'd have picked the nuggets. You because, think so? Hockey yeah. fan? Hockey guys. Hey, listen, hockey I've guys. I've gone fifteen rounds with serious nugget fan in the past too, though. I've 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 got the scars to prove it. Well, are they as bad as Nikola Jokic's arms? No. No. Dude. Dude. Talk about bear trap. Right. Right? Did he get like, did he him, fall asleep, I, walk him. outside, and get caught up in barbed wire or I something? Still or I think he I still think he part times at the circus wrestling bears. His brother's circus. Uh, just, cocaine bears is what it is. Right. I just need to find out where the circus is. Like everybody else. As the club, Nicole is like, nope, got to go to the circus. (laughs) Wrestling bear tonight. You guys have fun. You guys have fun.
1: (laughs) Right?
0: So if you had to guess Mm -hmm. why I picked the abs over the Nugs to go to the finals, what do you think it was? What do you think the the big reasons were? Championship medal. Been there. There's no there's no substitute for that. Right, you can trust them. You yes. can trust them. Yeah, and and while you believe in the Nuggets, mm-hmm. you're excited about them. Let's face it, they've never done it. Right, and this group, this Avalanche group, has, and that that yeah. matters a lot. And you've got a coach that was that was there was a question about it. Would he get you over the top? He did it last year in Bednar. He's got a certain bond esque. Type of quality to them, and been there, done that. The trust factor is is real. And by the way, I can already sense the steam coming from the the, the ears of a serious Nugget fan. Read the article, because I it is clear how much I love this Nugget steam in the article. So read it. But what do you think the other reason is? I picked the Avs. If I had to choose. This is, you have to choose one or the other to go to the Finals. What do you think the other reason I gave was? Um, you believe in the secondary players, like if you're going McKinnon versus Jokic, Wash. Okay, you believe in Nick Chushkin in in Blackman uh, um, and like Ratan, uh, Rantanen. Rantanen and and McCarr more than you believe in Murray. MPJ, and Gordon. That's fair. Yep. Actually, I, I didn't include that, but that... I, maybe you I want to should, put I, it may, maybe I, I might want to go, like, at the bottom where it says Editor's Note. Yeah, Editor's you know? Note. I right. might want to add that. Yeah. Revision. Now, the other reason was, and the key is in the line, go to the finals. Uh, Not win the finals. Right. Go to the finals. The West is easier for the Avs. The path to the finals is easier for the Avs. It just is. The team that... Uh, it sounded like Colin Coward right you there. You did. how uh, yeah, you would say <laughs> the path to the path to the NBA championship is hard. It is. It just is. <laughs> but the path in the West for the abs is easier. It is. It just is. <laughs> I might do that during my podcast. Later. Yeah. Uh, but no, it, it. look, the only team last year that showed any backbone and stood up to the abs was St. Louis. They've been dismantled. Nobody. I mean, nobody has stepped up into that vacuum as a team that i think could beat the avalanche four times whereas in the west until they're dead and buried i'm i'm still going to respect golden state yeah and while i look at phoenix and i acknowledge what everyone else acknowledges do they have enough time to gel their depth is an issue mm. but there is no doubt that that front that big four talent of theirs is daunting Daunting, yeah. Especially so when you, there's there's a, there are yeah. roadblocks in the West for the Nuggets that just don't exist for the Abs. I I agree with you, especially with Durant. Like when you start talking about who's going to defend Durant when you run that isolation game, do we have a guy on our team that can defend seven foot? That can get to the rim, but that can shoot three pointers and like that's that's a, Gordon. That's it. That's it, right? And he's good. It's really good, but that's a that's a that's a tall task. Durant's, Durant's one of the best players. And in the and meantime, who's going to check Booker? Offensive side, right? Aiton plays. Jokic you know, tough. I'm yeah, I'm not no, saying it's no, impossible. No, it's I'm it's just a, saying if you had is a to, a tough match. If you had to choose between one or the other, and as I ended my column, it'd be like, hey, wouldn't it be great if this is all the moot point? And we have two parades in June. Hmm. Hopefully, that happens. Dude, that would be awful. And we don't have to choose. Can you do a joint parade? No. You got to have two separate parades, right? Oh yeah. Each team needs to have their their time in the limelight. Right. But boy, this would be an exhausted city. We'd have to we'd have to like call in the National Guard to bring in more beer because two parades probably staggered by about what would it be? 2 weeks. Fever while we're chatting, can you look up at uh when the Stanley Cup Finals are scheduled to begin and the NBA Finals are scheduled to begin. We need to be able to uh, plan our parades. <laughs> uh, right? I think you'd be looking at about a solid 10 days in between. Boy, would the rest of the country hate us. All right, so June 1st. Did that go out over the year? All right, June 1st for the NBA Finals. June 8th for the Stanley Cup Finals. So, let's say the Nuggets win there, win the championships, uh, win the NBA Finals in six games. As win the Stanley Cup Finals in six games. Yeah, you're looking at about a week to ten days apart. Two parades. That is... That'd be exhausting. That would be... Fun. Oh, my gosh. Denver would just be staggering around for ten days. Always just be... We'd be hungover until I mean, August. Drunkest city in America. Yes, we would be. <laughs> I'm drunk. <laughs> All right, so check out the article. I'm not trying to get Nugget fan mad. I say a lot of nice things about the Nuggets, but it's just a simple question. If you had to choose between one or the other, you can't say, well, I like both. Nope. One or the other. Best chance you make it to the finals. Read it. Let me know what you think. All right, what else we got going on at uh, Denversports.com. Everything else pales. <laughs> yeah, I mean now we now we're we've gotten through the article. Now we're down to the blogs. Now we're into the blogs. Yeah. Let's, I wrote a blog. Let's get to the blogs. What kind of cute blogs do we uh I wrote a blog about here. Oh, D Mac writes a uh, cute blog. No, no. He, he does great work. Um He was at the uh, Avs game. The Avs bouncing back after Jared Bednar uh took some of his players. Uh, to task over the last few days. Um, on Saturday, he said, quote, It was tough sledding tonight. Energy-wise and mentally, it looked like we were fried. I don't think our top guys had a very good night at all. He called out Miko Rantanen, who got an unsportsmanlike penalty for the second game in a row. Showed a heckling fan his ring finger, like, Hey, yeah, look at look this, at this is where the, my Stanley Cup ring goes. Where's yours? Bednar said, quote, he can't do it. He knows he can't do it. My options are to sit him for the rest of the period or talk to him and turn him loose and hope he can bounce back. I didn't think we got a good night prior to that. So this is what I love. And you see a lot of this with Michael Malone as well. Whenever he is critical of his team, do you notice how quickly they bounce back? Mm -hmm. Usually the next game. And Jared Bednar called out some of his key guys. And what did his key guys do last night? Oh, McCarr was awesome. I mean, Rantanen was awesome. Should I give you the lines? Yeah. Okay. Everybody, everybody. The top guys, the big dogs ate last night. So you call out your top guys, and here's how they respond last night. Nathan McKinnon, goal and assist. Rantanen, goal. Nechuskin, goal and three assists. Lekkanen, goal and assist. McCarr, goal and three assists. And, you know, when you talk about it, we talk about this all the time with the Broncos. What's wrong with their culture? How do you build a culture? You want to know the living, breathing embodiment of culture is when your coach knows the pulse of his team mm-hmm. well enough to be able to call guys out knowing that those guys will respond. And then you have the players who have the maturity and the professionalism to respond the way that they did last night. Right. That's when you know you have a culture. When you have a great culture, you accept your ass, doing, mm-hmm and you go out and you do something about it. Because ultimately you know it's for your own good and your coach is right. You know what you do? What you do when you have a bad culture? You mope. Your coach gets after you. They, they turn, they, they go, they turn loose on you. They, they, they criticize you and whatever it is. And you mope around because you can't handle it. Dude, that's like, that to me is, you've allowed your coach to have that authority and you have enough of that reverence and respect, that part of the fear equation that, like, you respond to it. That's a that's a big time. And both, hey, both the organizations, man, credit to both the Avalanche and to the Nuggets because they have organizations in which their coaches have that two-pronged fear that we talk about all the time. Yes, but I'm going to disagree with you though. I think it only works if your best players are willing to be coached. Sure. And it only works. And so why was Greg Popovich so successful? Well yeah, because, because Tim Duncan. Sure. If if and, and people who came into San Antonio looked around and said, Jeez. Right. If Popovich can get on Duncan He could certainly get on me. It's, it's how it worked in New England all the time with right. Brady and Belichick. Right. Man. Right. So if Belichick yeah. used to say all the time in meetings, I, and I've got this from Teddy Bruski and other authorities, you say all the time, to Tom Brady. I could go to Foxborough High School and grab myself a quarterback that can do that. All like just absolutely berate him in in front of the team. And Brady would take it. Brady would. And so therefore, every other guy on that roster is like, well, I guess I gotta fall in line Mm because he is. And I think the same thing happens here. And so, yes, credit to Bednar and Malone for. Knowing that they can play that card, but ultimately the only way you can ever play that card right. is if you have and you know your best players are going to respond the right way. So it's it t- to me the credit goes to Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Nathan McKinnon, uh Miko Ranton, and Kale McCarr first and foremost because they they give their coaches permission to coach them right and to be hard on them. Yeah, and you don't get that a lot of places. That's that is rare. Right. Hundred percent. It's got to be that way. What else do we have at DenverSports.com? So much to uh, choose from. Franchise tag deadline passes with no tag or deal yet for Draymond Jones. He's going to go off into free agency. Andrew Mason uh, with all the details. I'm curious to get your thoughts. Uh, I was listening to the drive yesterday. Derek Wolf was uh, was uh, was uh, was talking about this at the beginning of the show. And he said that having both Draymond Jones and DJ Jones is kind of redundant, kind of superfluous, because you got two defensive linemen, kind of interior defensive linemen, in a 3-4 defense, in a Vance Joseph 3-4 defense. So as I heard that, I was like, all right, well, I guess maybe that makes a little sense. Um, I would just, I just disagree. I mean, I think Draymond Jones is a guy that, that, is a really good player. And obviously, they were playing a 3-4 defense last year. And as a matter of fact, when they had edge issues, there was a game, if you remember it, I can't remember exactly which game it was, where Draymond Jones played stand-up defensive, like outside linebacker, during the course of the game. And, I mean, really did a good job wrecking the game, playing that position. So you talk about versatility, you talk about a guy that can do multiple things, that could slide down, still had six and a half sacks over the course of... and, And listen, man, I... I don't necessarily grade that on you know just pure sack production. Um, That versatility and what he was able to do last year, I think he's a. I personally think he's a great fit. So do we? Do we? Do we need to stop thinking about NFL defenses only as four three defenses or three four defenses? Well, today do they play that the entire game? Today's three four defense one. You're never in base, so you're always in some form of like sixty-five percent of the time you're in some form of sub. So you, you're three wide receivers, you're minus a couple linebackers. Like most, most three-four defenses are playing some type of call it a five-two. They, they got five guys on the on the front line. Two of them are linebackers, obviously, but you're sliding down, so you're playing like you're not playing a traditional your two defensive ends aren't playing traditionally head up on the offensive tackles right to what they call four techniques and your nose isn't a head up on the on the center you're sliding that defense and you're pulling a defensive line, a linebacker up to be a an end position so yeah, you know you're sliding you're creating a over, a over and under a even or a you know even or like an even front or a, a slide front like a A weak side or a strong side. So you're really playing kind of a five defensive lineman type of front almost. And these guys move around all the time, too, to try to take advantage of matchups that they like. So I guess guess my point about Draymond Jones, then is, after listening to all this, is that more and more it's kind of positionalist football. And if you just got a really good defensive lineman who can play inside or out, I don't think those are guys that you should let go. I think it was a huge mistake to, to let him go. Yeah, but I mean, they've got other. They've got like again, like I said, yes, yesterday, man. Would you rather if if you had to spend, you only had so much money to spend, and you had to spend it on another offensive tackle that could solidify your right tackle position for the next, you know, eight years, or a defensive lineman? What would you spend it on? I'd spend it on Orlando Brown over over Draymond Jones. If that if that's the if, it's, if it's either or, yeah. Okay, I can see that. I think you can spend mm-hmm. on both. That'll do it for the DenverSports.com front page. You know, when you listen to Mark talk about all this football stuff and X's and O's, you may think, wow, Mark's really smart, when in actuality he learns all this from his Fox NFL play-by-play partner, Adam Amin, who really is the brains of the, uh, the partnership on <laughs> listen, Fox. you will get no argument right? from me. Adam Amin, who also moonlights... As the play-by-play voice he of the Chicago does, he Bulls. He also does baseball. And he does baseball. He does it
1: all. But he's uh, in town Incredible. to call the Bulls-Nuggets game. Right. Good morning, Adam. Uh, I, I have an argument to make Richard, uh, immediately out of the game. That is, uh, I uh, listening to the four-man front versus slide front <laughs> conversation is giving me, like, flashbacks to you know late October sitting in a hotel room on a Saturday night with, with my with my buddy and our crew listening to uh to mark give us the blowdown of a game coming up that we're gonna call in uh, in 12 hours like this is that was good stuff man
0: well I appreciate that uh speaking of good stuff the nuggets are, are rolling right now and you get a chance to call yeah. this uh game the, the bulls are you know right there on the cusp of uh of a play-in type of team. So, as you guys said, and I think Stacy King, you and Stacy King do the games. Like as you listen to Stacy King and you guys talk about the Nuggets, like what what's your just overall takeaway on the on the basketball squad as it's currently constructed?
1: I mean, listen, there's no looking at the Nuggets and not being impressed, right? Like they, they the things that they've done this year have been very very solid. And I know we're not telling you anything that you don't already know and I know you guys know this team fairly well, but its depth has been good. Jokic is playing great. You know, the, the defensive home court, uh, how efficient they are offensively, what they can do from the three-point line. You know, all the numbers are great, you know, and, and this Bulls team saw the Nuggets back in November, and it was like Jokic was just toying with them. You know, Jokic didn't put together a huge night. He didn't have to. He had 14 assists, but wasn't trying to put up huge offensive numbers. Letting other guys get involved, you know, it was the first time that the Bulls had seen Jamal Murray and Porter and Jokic all playing together in about a year and a half. So, you know, to see how effective and efficient they were in, in a fairly dominant game, and, and granted, it was during the time where the Bulls were struggling a little bit. And right now, they're struggling a little bit as well. Denver just looks like a true contender. And, and Stacey actually has talked about how. People don't seem to be talking about the Nuggets enough. Where other teams in the West have better odds, perhaps, to win the NBA championship. Whereas we look at Denver and you see how efficient and effective they are, and you go, well, "Who's going to take these guys out?" Now we just saw Phoenix. Phoenix is a really good team. The addition of Durant is legit. Sacramento's a really good team. I don't think they're quite ready for prime time just yet. They're 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 new to this. Uh, they're not experienced. They're trying to break their playoff drought. But, you know, the Nuggets and the Suns look like the two best teams in the West right now and the most consistently solid offensive teams and two effective defensive teams. And I don't think I'm saying anything that, that you guys don't already know, but that's how we feel when we, we talk about the Nuggets from the outside looking at
0: I'm busy with Adam Amin. He's Mark's NFL Fox partner and also uh, calls the Chicago Bulls games. I'm curious, Adam, because you are in the Eastern Conference, you see a lot of Joel Embiid, you see a lot of Giannis. So when you hear the MVP debate, which has gotten pretty heated on the four-letter network uh recently, can, can you understand, can you make the case for Embiid or Giannis over Jokic, or are you strictly a Jokic guy?
1: I think you can make a case, you know, when you guys when you when you guys see them play as well as they have and the record is good and the consistency is high. Like, yeah, I, I can make a case for those guys. They played at a very high level and their teams have responded very well to them. it's just I watch Jokic and, and Stacey and I and I'm not saying this because we're on radio in Denver and I'm talking to my buddies. It's not that. We've been saying this for months. Jokic should win his third straight MVP. Stacey's been on that train since they first saw the Bulls in November. He's been riding that for a while, and and understandably so. I think you can make a case for Giannis. I think you can make a case for Joel Embiid. You can make a case for those guys. The best case belongs to Jokic, with how much he impacts the game at at the offensive end in particular. And I know you can say like, oh well, he, he's not as it's not as good on defense. It's like, well, yeah. How many times? Have we seen, like, a great defender win MVP? There's been three guys to win MVP and defensive player of the year. Hakeem Olajuwon, Michael Jordan, Giannis Antetokounmpo, that's it. It's only happened a handful of times in NBA history since these awards have been out. So, to me, if this is an offensive-driven league, who's the best offensive player? Who's got the most command of the game on a more consistent basis night in and night out? And who consistently elevates the play of the guys around him? And you don't have Jamal Murray and Michael Porter and, you know, various guys who've stepped up and won games for this team over the course of the year do the things they do if they're not put in the position to do it by Jokic. In the game that Jokic has been out, guys have stepped up and won games. And you've also seen the impact when Jokic doesn't play, you know, the, the handful of home losses that this team has had by a total of, I think, eight points this year. One of them, there was no Jokic and there is no Michael Porter. Like, you see his impact when he's not on the floor, and you very much feel his impact when he is on the floor. And I know the numbers are all going to be good for all those guys, so it's an eye test thing, it's a feel thing. What do guys look like on a consistent basis? And to me, Jokic has been the most consistent and most effective player in the league this year. Hey,
0: there's- Adam, there is one argument as we let you go uh, out there, and I'd like your opinion on this. Where do you factor in... Yeah, but he's never won a championship. When it comes to winning three title or three MVPs in a row,
1: Joel Embiid has neither. Um, Giannis has won one. Uh, you know, I, I don't think that's necessary. I mean, think it's, it's a regular season award too, and it doesn't necessarily, and it's not meant to necessarily reflect what happens from postseason time. But to me, if this is a regular season award, which it is who's playing the most effectively for the course of an 82-game season. I've heard guys make arguments that you should be eligible for MVP if you're not playing at least 70 games. And I, I wouldn't be against some of these kind of, uh, you know, not limitations but parameters for players because you have to be in the lineup. And Jokic, for the most part, is there just about every game. So it's a handful of games, it's fun. Everybody does. But to me, if it's a regular season award, which it is, and you're judging it by those standards, which you should be, it's a regular season award, you'll get to play the best during that 82-game one that's, you know, essentially getting
0: you position in the playoffs. All right, Adam. Hey, man, thanks, buddy. I appreciate you. Love you, brother. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, brother. Yep. Love you guys. Adam Amin, play-by-play voice of the uh, Chicago Bulls, who are uh, right on the outside of the uh, playing tournament in, in the uh, Eastern Conference. They're two games behind Washington for that 10th spot, so they got some work to do in town to play the Nuggets tonight. Mark's Fox uh, football a partner on Sundays thank him for joining us on the Johnson Auto Plaza hotline coming up next what do we make of Matthew Berry's report that uh, Sean Payton is simply looking at Russell Wilson as a one-year audition that's next when the day is done the game is over and you need a break from all the stress relax in your tub or shower from Bath Fitter Bath Fitter will fit your budget with a price match guarantee no money down no payments for up to five years get the ball rolling visit bathfitter.com today I need a bigger punch. It's time for Schlereth and Evans' Big Story of the Day. this sister. you so... you so... Big. Here's Schlereth and Evans with this morning's biggest story in Denver sports. Big mistake.
1: big. huge.
0: Mark, is this a big story? Matthew Berry of ESPN. You know him from your days there? Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, so he was at the Combine. We think of him mostly as a... Uh, Fantasy guy, not necessarily a hard newsman like Walter Cronkite. Folks, nailed it. If you find yourself at all during the course of the day, a little down, need of a little laugh, go back and listen to the podcast of this show at, uh, what was it, about six? Was it the first segment or second segment? That was the second segment. Second segment. So, like, between, like, 615 and 625, as Mark attempted to say the name Walter Cronkite. Yeah, it was not. It it did not go well. It was hilarious. (laughs) Struggling. Mike had to learn me how to say the name. (laughs) Let's just say Kevin Harlan had an easier time saying Albert Okuwebunam Mm -hmm. than you did Walter Cronkite. That is true. That is true. (laughs) (laughs) Gooey Boonam. Gooey Boonam. Yes. That is one of my favorites. Anyway, Ah. uh, Matt Berry, not exactly a a big news guy, but he did share his observations from the time spent at the Combine. He said Mm. this quote, speaking of big name QBs coming off down years, more than one person mentioned to me that Russell Wilson is basically a one year audition that there's no way Denver can cut him this year, but next year, while the dead cap hit would certainly be bad, it could be spread out and wouldn't be franchise crippling. Barry went on to say, said one source, I don't think Sean Payton likes Russ. He's got one year to prove himself or Payton will move on. This source pointed out that Payton has said multiple times in public on the record how Russell keeps bothering Drew Brees. Payton tries to play it off for a laugh, but my source doesn't think Peyton actually thinks it's funny. That's from Matthew Berry. Is this a big story? I don't think it's a big story at all. And he never said that he was bothering. He said he's wearing him out. And to me, it was more of a. It was more of Sean Payton almost complimenting, almost complimenting Russell Wilson, saying, "Hey, man, this guy is so eager." You know he is so eager that they live next to each other. They both live in Rancho Santa Fe, outside of San Diego, and he's wearing him out. I Meaning he's talking to him like all the time, calling them like, "Hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? How'd you guys operate this? How'd you run this concept?" Like that's not bothering him. It's not like he's at his door. It's him trying to garner as much information and get himself ready to to play under Sean Payton. So I like I I I read that completely differently. Then that was presented in that article as I read that article. What about the one-year audition part? The what? This is what good coaches do. What, what do I always say? Two types of fear. The biblical fear, which is awesome, rever- the fear of the Lord, which refers to awesome reverence and, and just respect. Sean Payton has that because of what he's been able to accomplish in this league. And then the fear. If I don't do my job, I will get cut. Sean Payton presents that. I told you this. I I was in the New Orleans Saints facility, and a guy within that facility that has been there forever pulled me aside and said, Sean Payton walked out of this building, and that fear walked out with him. That's our problem. Boom. Nutshell. Our problem is lack of fear. And Sean Payton brings it. Listen, man, if, if Russell Wilson... He's going to give Russell Wilson the best opportunity to be successful by putting him in the best possible position and not ask him to do a bunch of stuff that he's incapable of doing. But if he looks at that as a ceiling and says, man, we can't win consistently, he will. there's no question of in my mind. Of course it's a one-year audition. Right, right. Think about it. Russell Wilson's coming off the worst year of his career. He's getting a coach that he respects, a coach that he said, great things about, Mm -hmm. a coach who actually coached the quarterback that Russ wants to become in the second half of his career. If Russ can't make a market improvement this year, then all the critics out there who say he's lost it, he's washed, he's in serious decline, he fell off the cliff, guess what? They'll be right. You don't need to stretch this out two, three years to figure out if you can fix Russ, you're going to know. You will know if Russell Wilson was fixed, and it, it it'll take one year. You'll know, and if he does, great. Now maybe you can get something for this investment. If he doesn't, yeah, then you're on to Plan B. Of course, it's, it's not a it's not. I I, I saw this story in the way that it was received and reported. Like, oh. Blockbuster news. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. This is something that we, we've we seen coming for a, a, a mile away since Peyton got hired. How can you go to plan B when you don't have plan A? There's never a plan. What's the plan? <laughs> Whose plan was it anyway? What plan B. Plan? We're not talking about plan B. We're plan A. <laughs> <laughs> there was my old way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> plan A or bust? No. Of course, it's fluid, and of course you're kind of assessing as you go to see what to see what you have. I mean, that's that's the that any good organization is going to do that. When when a new guy comes in, man, you're going to make it your team, your culture, your like. Sean has has made that painfully obvious. Hey, man, this is what we got to work on, and you know he even mentioned it in the in. In his press conferences at the Combine, man, uh, ripping off the rear view and the side view mirrors, man. We're looking ahead. And guess what? If Russell can't take us where we're going, looking through the windshield, we'll move on. I don't know if Peyton talked, he may have talked, about Russ reaching out to Drew Brees uh, to other people off the record, privately. But when he was on the record, speaking at the Combine, here's what he said about Russ and Brees. Now, we've spoken text, but this is the time of the year where these guys are away. I've talked periodically with Drew as well. Those guys, I think, live near each other in, in San Diego. And right towards the end, Drew was finally texting me like, "Hey, if you're going to take this job, please do it," because he's wearing me out with the texts that we're going back and forth and the conversations between he and Drew. So um, we'll have a chance to meet, I'm sure, periodically here in the next month. All right, you talk athlete, yeah. you talk locker room. What does deconstruct that for me? He's just saying, "Hey, Russell's eager to have Sean Payton be the head coach and." Wants to know as much. He wants to get as much information as he can because, like, like again, that to me is Russell going, dude. What happened last year, like, was awful, and it's an admission. And I know he's got that whole mindset of, hey, never a negative. You know, we're moving forward. We're hey, you we just got to keep on believing and everything. But he's he's picking the brain of a guy who knows to say, let me get myself prepared. By the way, you know who else wore people out all the time? ask anybody who played with him, Peyton Manning would wear you out. Wear you out. That's true. That's true. Hey, we did this this way in 2000. You know, hey, back in 2013, you know, now it's 2015. We did it this way and we we called it this. We did this. We did it. Are we going to do that way exactly? Okay, if we're going to do that in September, are we going to do that in October? What about November? We're going to do it the same way. Like, I want to know. I want to. Like what was the story John Fox told you about one time at practice? Uh about about a, drill yeah, they were yeah. running and yeah, Peyton Manning was completely in charge of a blitz pickup d- drill. And they were running blitz pickup and he demanded they run the drill every day. And he's yelling at wide receiver. Like <laughs> no, there's not a coach on the field like coaching. He's yelling at wide receiver, and then he'd get out and like, he get in the slot and he'd show exactly how he wants the route run. You know, he's all uh, gangly, like big giant head, blah <laughs> blah blah. And like he's he's just wearing dudes out. And John Fox, I'm standing there watching practice. And John Fox comes up to me and goes, "We are the least blitz team in football. (laughs) Ain't nobody brings heat against Peyton Manning because he'll dice you up." And he goes, "I don't even want to run this drill." Peyton demands it, so we let him do it. (laughs) What am I going to do? I'm just the head coach. Hey, (laughs) at that point, it was all about Peyton, and that was fine. All about Russ, not so good. And late in the season, I wrote a column about the things that Russell Wilson would have to do to acknowledge the fact that he is on a one-year audition. At the time, I said he's reached a crossroads of his career. And look at what he's done in the offseason so far. It's been a very short offseason thus far. What has he done? He's clearly lost weight. That's something we all said he had to do. He had to make more of a recommitment to being in better shape. And he's, (laughs) you know wearing out Drew Brees because he's eager to get better. He wants to get better. I think it would be more of a concern if, yeah, um, yeah, Drew lives right near uh, Russ. had haven't heard from him yet. That would be a red flag. Yeah. I'd, I'd much rather have him wearing out Drew Brees to this point. Coming up, uh, we'll get to uh, – <laughs> The excuse that Tom Brady's giving as to why he is not going to come back to the NFL, Uh, the Clippers owner is very excited about something that is near and dear to our hearts. And it's college basketball. Big college basketball day along the front range. Can any of our teams shock the world and go on a run to the NCAA tournament? That's coming up next. Voice on oh, Abbott, big on Voice, on Man. Sports Station, one hundred the w- I, jumped, I cannot talk over a Big Voice Guy. No. Big Voice guys get paid a lot of money to be a Big Voice Guy. hmm. You ever think about being? I can't a big be. Voice? I can't be a Big Voice Guy. Anytime I try to be a Big Voice Guy, it hurts. Like after a while, my, yeah. my chest hurts, my throat hurts. I bumped into Alan Roach. Yeah. Oh, I don't know how he does that because he does all the Minnesota Vikings games. Yeah. And so you know, there's a bunch of cancellations, and so we're both out in the cold on the train and stuff. And you think that he's just pretending to have a big voice, right? Like, when he's doing stuff. That's his. Voice. That's his voice. Like, he does not. It's not an act. So <laughs> one night, so my we, we, I live in Lakewood. I live right over by Morrison, downtown Morrison, and there's a hidden gem restaurant over there, a lot of, called Cafe Prague. Mm, terrific food. Anyway, my wife and I are there one night, mm-hmm. and I hear this voice over at the bar. And I'm like, is that who I think it is? And it was him. Yeah. So I go over and introduce myself. And we start talking, and uh, and yeah, you're right. He's he's talking like that the whole time. And so subconsciously, I tried to, like, lower my voice. Right. Yeah. And I walked back to the table. And I was hoarse. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I can't do this. Like, hey, good to see you again. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That dude has got eight. I minutes. got back. I was like, ow, ow, that right. hurt. Just Ouch. an unbelievable voice. So today is March 8th. Yes, it is. Why does that date ring a bell? You're driving along right now. You're listening. You're working on. Why March 8th? Why is that mm-hmm. date? Why is that? Why should I remember that date? You should remember it for this. This is not a drill. Mm. One year boy. ago, boy, the Russell Wilson trade. Let's rock. I remember <laughs> when you, that happened? Oh my, we all oh my God! Oh my God! Man, it's so funny when you think about how this all played out and what the rest of the year was like, and where we're sitting at right now. To think where we were at one year ago today, all our prayers have been answered. Mm-hmm. George Payton was the smartest guy in the building. Thank God we got Russell Wilson and not that egomaniac Aaron Rodgers. Right? I mean, just went on and on and on. It was just like manna from heaven. Unfortunately, we were putting were the- down turd sandwiches. <laughs> we, were putting the- country. Let's ride. we were putting the Chiefs on notice. Remember that? No, hey, I Chiefs Kingdom. Yeah. We're coming for you. Yeah. Chugga, 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 chugga.
1: chugga, 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 chugga,
0: chugga, chugga, chugga. Let's ride. Right. We, we, remember when Let's Ride was kind of cool? Yes! Right? He got off the podium after he just absolutely dominated the press That's conference. Right. The only thing he dominated all year, by the way, was the opening press conference. Correct. He walked out. Just as he's walking out, he looked over and goes, Let's Ride. And we're like, Oh! <laughs> <laughs> and, and we thought it was like spontaneous. Yes! Like, it was like, Do you believe in miracles? <laughs> like, totally spontaneous. Yeah. All right. And then right. we found out it was completely scripted. Right! And then eventually, as the season drone, it just droned on, and ah. it was awful, and then he was giving these half-hearted, let's ride, you know, like whimpering as he's limping off the stage. Hey. Here comes the airplane. Hey. Hey, you guys. Let's ride. Why don't
1: we just ride?
0: And then eventually, he just had to quit. He just stopped. You're just like. So embarrassing. Even he knew. Right. He's just like, can we go home? Even Mr. Can't read the room. Was able right. to read yeah. the room, even Mister Positivity. <laughs> Limited. Hey <laughs> guys. All right, but uh, hey, no. <clears throat> sorry. It's a new year. All right, hope springs eternal. Mm-hmm. All that good stuff. A couple of uh, quick texts. Um, somebody mentioned you guys were talking about two parades. Hmm. Won't that be three parades if the Rockies are five hundred at the All Star break? It's a good point. So here, follow me on this. Okay. The NBA finals start June 1st. Right. So I'm thinking about two weeks, you know, for the Nuggets to win the NBA championship. Okay. It's June 15th. Give us a few days. We're partying. We're doing the parade. We're doing the parade around what? June 18th. Okay. 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 Meanwhile, the Avs start the Stanley Cup finals around June 8th. Again, give me about two weeks. Mm -hmm. So 15th, 23rd couple days after June 26th, right? we're doing the avalanche parade, okay? Okay. Now, at that point, we're exhausted. We're hungover. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a dry state. There's no more booze to be found. Right. You can't You can't even buy it. Okay. It's, it's like on pro- back It's order. like prohibition has come to Colorado, yeah. right? It's like eggs. <laughs> can't find them. Can't find them, right? Right. So then we get a brief couple weeks to recover, and right. then... The Rockies finish up the first half of the season July 9th in San Francisco at or above 500. We're on pace to realize Dick mm-hmm. Mofford's dream. We hold a parade on what? Tuesday, July 11th. Oh, W. And it Done. gives you plenty of time because after the parade on the 26th, that's when you're like, I'm never drinking again. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I did this to myself. Right. Never again. Never again. You get the summer flu cold, you know, sore throat, feel like garbage for three or four days, just doing nothing but just pounding water, trying to flush out the toxins. Yep. By July, what'd you say? July 11th, 12th? Yeah. yeah. You're like, woohoo, let's go, buddy. Yeah. And yeah. 4th of July in there as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, we are going to be on about a four-week bender. Oh, my gosh. Yeesh. They should uh, start ordering more now. Yes. Yes. In preparation. Yes. For like, Parades. Like a uh, storm in those uh, underground bunkers at DIA. Yeah. Right? Yeah. To store beer. Like the Martians keep them cold. Yeah, exactly. Big day in college hoops as it's conference tournament day. Ooh. So hunker down. Watch yourself some hoops. Big day. We got uh, all the teams playing. Noon in the Mountain West, CSU and Fresno State. 1 o'clock, CU in Washington in the Pac-12. Mm. 2.30, Air Force and UNLV. And then at 5, Wyoming and New Mexico. Mm. Four teams, CSU, Air Force, Wyoming, CU, combined this season to go 53-70. and 70. Wow. It's 500. A r- <laughs> yes, thank you, Dick Marford. It's yes. rough, rough, rough.
1: I, I wonder how the rough season I wonder of college Vandals, basketball. I
0: wonder how the Vandals are. I bet you the Vandals are just... Oh, not good. I bet you they're just... No. Then the big sky. I know the football team's in the big sky. As we get said for uh, conference tournament day, let's get you fired up. This was our guy, Zach By, calling Summit League DU men's and women's basketball uh, last week at the Summit League championships. He got to call both a DU men's and women's, and this well, was nice. uh, this was at the end of the women's game.
1: And they're going to try to get in the hands of Emma Smith, and they do. 13 seconds left. Emma Smith dribbling between the legs, hounded by the defender. Gets a post up on the right elbow to Michaela Brandon. Michaela Brandon dribbles in and bangs it off the glass. She was double teamed and somehow went high glass for the finish. Here comes Kansas City the other way. A shot at the buzzer. It goes in. Sanai St. Andre, the junior, bangs in a three off
0: the glass. To end Denver's season. Oh, did she call it? Thrill of victory. Only to be matched by the agony defeat. Did she call glass? Defeat snatched from the jaws of victory. This is not a drill. Mm, mm, good call there, Zach. Nice Very job. Exciting. Very exciting. Uh, Idaho went 10-22 and 22 this year. Oh, not bad. Four and fourteen in conference. They Ooh. were dead last in the Big Sky. Not bad. Not too shabby. Looking up at Northern Colorado, UNC, who went twelve and twenty. So, uh, so if you take, let me let's do the math now. So we've got CSU, Air Force, Wyoming, CU, Northern Colorado, when a combined. Let's see, fifty-three. There oh, we go. Sixty-five. Sixty-five and ninety. Wow. Have we ever This might be the worst college basketball season along the front range ever? 65 and 90. Could you see the the Rockies? Would that be That's 155. Yeah. That you could well, you be could close see, to a Rockies type record right there. Right, you could see them at 65 and 90 trying to get to What was the over-under, 68 or something? I think 66 and a half. Who will win more games this year, the Rockies or all five Division I college basketball programs along the front range? Can they beat 65? That's the number. Good luck to all the teams. Hey, you never know, right? We've certainly seen... Stranger things happen where teams that were so bad during the regular season just suddenly get hot at the conference tournament, pull off a couple upsets, and then before you know it, they're in the NCAA tournament. So you never know. Good luck to all those teams coming up later today. We've got the uh, Players Club coming your way next when your team is in hot water and you need a break from the play-by-play bath fitter can install your tub or shower in just one day and just like a coach bath fitter is in your corner offering a watertight seamless wall a design consultant will take accurate measurements of your tub or shower and recommend the products that fit your budget bath fitter has special financing available with no money down and no interest for up to five years now that's a game changer visit bathfitter.com to book your in-home consultation bath fitter it just fits